Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Mike of the band Oliver Hazard over Zoom video. Mike was born in Toledo and raised in Waterville, Ohio, which is West Ohio, about 15 minutes south of Michigan. He comes from a musical household. His grandmother was a pianist who taught his dad and aunts and uncles how to play piano. His dad also is a drummer. So Mike started playing piano at a very early age, started playing drums at an early age, eventually picked up guitar. He was always writing songs, but never showing anybody. He did that through middle school and high school. After graduating high school, he moved to Denver for a bit and then to San Francisco. While living in San Francisco, he was leading camping trips, like backpacking trips all across California. And he came home for winter break and he had a bucket list. And one of the things on his bucket list was to play a dive bar. So he had two weeks left in 2016, needed to scratch off the dive bar show on his bucket list, was able to book one, got a couple friends, and he did a 20-minute set at this dive bar. And that's how they started Oliver Hazard. He talked about winning this raffle to have a chance to record one song at a studio in Ohio. He contacted the studio and said, hey, can we just do all 10 of our songs? We'll do it live. We'll be in and out of there in an hour or so. And the person was like, sure, we'll just do that. Instead of tracking a bunch of guitars and instruments, we'll just do your songs live. And that was their debut LP, 34 North River. Mike talked about the success of that album, getting record label offers, playing Bonnaroo off of that one live recording. He told us about these living room concerts that the band was doing, releasing the Flood EP in 2019. And all about this brand new self-titled full-length album, which they wrote and recorded during the pandemic. You can watch our interview with Mike on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Oliver Hazard. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the, the new album, which I've had a chance to hear. It's really, really good. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I really like, um, well, I like the songs that you guys have released thus far, but uh, I think my favorites... From what I was just listening, I, I like uh, "Use Me Up" and "Northern Light." I think "Northern nice. Lights" are my favorite ones. So, I mean, yeah, as thanks, I go dude. through, those are the yeah. for me. I'm like, damn, these are you know definitely appreciate it, dude. For me, yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, we're uh, we're stoked. We're actually we have like a jam. We're we're heading to Alaska on Wednesday morning. Wow! And it's like our first like mini Alaska tour and. We also have like this album's coming out on uh, July 14th. So we're like in the middle of, and we're all like, we're not always together because we live in different places these days, but our like home base is Waterville, Ohio, and it's where our rehearsal space is. And it's where um, all of our merch is. And we have to sign this evening, we have to like sign and package 250 new vinyl uh, to be sent uh -oh. out to all of the pre sales. Yeah. 
all the while like we're trying to like rehearse and like do all this <laughs> stuff and like pack for alaska so it's like a totally nutty day right now but oh, i bet um but you know the good news is it's hyper efficient you know we'll get it all done in two days so. yeah and exciting i'm sure <laughs> to send you have the yeah. vinyls get ready to send them out your fans are gonna be for stoked sure. on the autograph versions and everything so. yeah exactly so amazing so uh you said water waterville waterview waterville it's a waterville. really small small town no one's ever heard of um people in ohio haven't even heard of it you you'd really have to like be from this region to know about it and it just so happened to be this place that um we lived near in devon our um our guitarist he had a this little house that he was renting um and that just kind of by default became like you know it was where we would jam they had these like friday night jams every night when i first was like meeting those guys and um and we we kind of by on accident and like by default like started the band in this weird small town and um you know because of that we it was just i don't know there was like an opportunity to keep the band small town rather Mm -hmm. than um you know rather than move to like a larger market and we found that because we had such a good uh community here and like a really strong foundation we we just thought that you know there's no reason to move um so we started a little music festival in our town and we invite folks that we meet from the road um and it's kind of finally becoming a thing that like indie artists from around the country are now reaching out to us rather than us like hitting them up uh, mm-hmm. to play at the festival, which is really cool. And this year we've like uh, three really great artists, uh, this band out of Charlottesville, Illiterate Light. They're this really rad um, duo and an artist out of Canada named Field Guide. He's like an amazing singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, and then a dude out of uh, Georgia named Sam Birchfield. But they're all like emerging artists and the idea is to kind of bring emerging artists to a town they would never otherwise stop. Um, That's awesome. Kind of let them experience the magic of Waterville. How many years have you been doing the festival? This will be our fifth year. Wow. Yeah, we basically started it when the band started. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of all a part of the brand was to really uplift our town at the same time as, you know, we uplift ourselves. So That's awesome. Yeah, I have family in like Amherst, Illyria area. So I was looking yeah, yeah, like how sure. close you guys are. And it's like, a, it's like about an hour and 45 minutes from what I was yeah. going to look at. Um, We're like the opposite side of Cleveland. Um, so Yeah, you're like pretty far west. Far. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're, yeah, you're west, like up by kind of what, Detroit area or Michigan? Yeah, technically Detroit's like the biggest metropolitan city. Um, we're like 15 minutes from the border of Michigan, but um Toledo would technically be the closest city. It's like a smaller city. Yeah, in yeah. Ohio. So. I know Toledo, but isn't there like a what? Is there a college there? Is that where? Uh... Yeah, there's a uh, University of Toledo, Bowling Green. Oh, um, Bowling Green. Yeah, my dad mm-hmm. and my mom went to Bowling Green. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a cool little region. Um, it's definitely underspoken. There's not a lot of folks who come here, but it's it's really neat. Like, there's a lot of really nuanced, you know gems that exist here that you really got to look for them but um but yeah it's, a spe- it's definitely special yeah <laughs> where, where are you at right now i'm in nashville tennessee and i grew up oh, cool. in san diego california um nice. my mom was nine months pregnant with me my dad 
went to, or my mom and dad both went to Bowling Green and then they moved to Dayton. My dad got a job for NCR and they moved him to San Diego. They're like, we're going to move uh, everybody to this, or if you want to go to San Diego. And he had no idea where it was. And he looked on the map yeah. and he's like, all right, let's, let's go, go check go. it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they moved and my mom was like about to burst. And I was this close to being born in, in oh, Dayton, wow. Ohio. But I go. grew up in San Diego. So. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So Very were different you, places. Were you born and raised there? Um, and, yeah. And, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I was uh, born here. Let me shut the door. My dog's. But yeah, I was um, I was born in Toledo Hospital and um, was here until I was eighteen, and then I. Um, ended up moving west and went to school in Colorado and um, eventually landed in San Francisco in my early 20s. And um, at none of these moments was I actually like an aspiring musician. I was kind of just like a closet musician. I just like, you know, appreciated it and enjoyed playing it, but never really like, you know, I was trying to do it professionally. And, mm-hmm. um, and then in San Francisco, I actually worked for a company called Outward Bound where I st- uh students on long uh, extended backpacking uh, trips through the, the the mountains, like all over California, like in Sierra Nevada and Santa Cruz wow. mountains, Joshua tree all over. Um, and it was at that time that I actually took a trip uh, back to Ohio for like a winter break. And I had a little bucket list. Um, it was like a end of 2016 goals list. And one of them was play a dive bar show somewhere. You know? <laughs> okay. And it was like yeah. I had two weeks left in 2016. And I was like, man, I gotta book this thing. So I found some, I had a lot, I had a lot of connections here where I grew up. And uh, so I hit up, you know, a friend who had connections with like the best dive bar in town. And he was like, yeah, I got a 20 minute slot that you can have. It's in between our two sets, you know? And I was like, all right. And I, so I hit up a couple guys here and um, in town when one of one of them was Devin and I was like hey can you guys play uh you know to these songs that I started writing maybe you can like help me finish them and um we played those songs for five of them for this 20 minute slot and all our friends were there they really liked it the next week we like wrote another five songs because we were just had a lot of momentum and I had all, also threw our name a fake name like a fake band name into uh uh, like a raffle to win a, a free recording contest locally. And this mm-hmm. was all just like this serendipitous thing. And we ended up winning it. And so I called the recording studio and said, Hey, instead of recording one song, cause I won one free song. I was like, could we record all 10 of these songs that we had written this week live? And just like, you know, that way we don't do anything track by track. It'll take like an hour and we'll just get out of there. He's like, yeah, easy, easy, easy. And so that ended up being our debut album, 34 North River. And that's how the band Really? Started. So that was just um, done, what, in like one take? Like you just played uh, the whole, or a few yeah, takes? Yeah, pretty, just pretty the whole much. Album? Yeah, we would, if we like messed up on a song, we would just like redo it, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like technically all of those songs are one take through. Um, oh my God. It took us like a couple hours. And we ended up the next week, I left and went back to California. And I was like, man, this is actually like pretty good. I've never really like enjoyed music. I'd, written or recorded and um i sent them to a friend who sent them to a friend and we ended up um getting a record label offer and we had an article come out from the fader and we got invited to bonnaroo and it was like all this 
stuff just started kind of happening. I was like, I think we could probably do this professionally. Yeah, right? I mean, wow, that's wild. Well, how did you get into music? Do you come from a musical household at all or anything? My grandmother was a pianist. um, And she studied in Greece at like a conservatory of music. And she moved here in like in the 40s um, during World War II. And then she taught like my dad and my aunts and uncles and and she taught me also when I was born. Um, and then my dad was also a drummer. Um, he really enjoyed percussion and he taught me how to play drums at a young age. So I was kind of like, I wouldn't say like classically trained, but like it was like a unconventional training through family. Um, yeah. I kind of just took it, you know, took the knowledge and kind of paved my own path with it. So did you I do... still can't really read music, honestly. I guess. But you can play piano and drums <laughs> yeah. and guitar. And I can do it all by ear, but I was never like one who could just like pick up a, a sheet music. Sheet music. It, you know? That's interesting, yeah. especially having your grandma teach you piano. I mean, was did she teach you how to read or was it just like, this she is how I do a chord? Yeah, okay. but I think I would just listen and cheat. I was like a really, I, was, I think I'm a, <laughs> kind of like an efficiency, like cheater, you know, like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I could do it. I found out I could do it faster if I just heard what she played and just re- played it with uh-huh. the noise. I was like, I don't know if I need to read music if I can keep doing this. At least that's how I interpret it. And then I took piano lessons and the teacher would be so confused because I'd be playing the piece like very similar to the way she, it was supposed to be written, but it wasn't the same. And she was like, I don't understand where you're hearing these other notes that are in there. Like, you're not, where are you seeing them? I'm, I'm, and oh, I wasn't reading music. I was just doing it by memory. That's <laughs> funny. I've actually, so, I forgot who I interviewed. I interviewed somebody else that was doing that too. Like they took piano lessons and then they would just remember how the song was played. And mm-hmm. they got to a point where the teacher kind of suspected that's what they were doing. And they put the different sheet music in front of her and said, play the song. And then it wasn't the right sheet music. And then they nice. played it. Yeah. And the teacher's like, hey, I, you know, yeah, I caught you. you. And, they're yeah. like, uh, and then I think For they sure. stopped playing that's the lessons right after that. But uh, that's pretty yeah, funny. My, my teacher, she didn't, she like, when she found out, I think it just was like a long, slow burn, but she ended up actually like, firing me in a way uh she's a little <laughs> lady but in, instead of firing me she referred me to uh, a jazz improv teacher it was like a oh, teacher cool. that doesn't require no yeah. reading um so did you stick with nice. it or did you were you over it at did, that point i did it for about a year that was in high school um and i think that my whole life was you know revolving around social activities and friends and stuff so i, I you know was discovering pot and decided to not move to california yeah (laughs) in denver (laughs) (laughs) yeah um that's awesome well i was curious when did you or have you always wrote music or was that something new yeah i was i was writing in high school um junior high i was always kind of writing for myself but never for um you know public viewing so Mm -hmm. so it was just when you decided to okay i got this bucket list i want to show it and you played your own songs obviously yeah, it was the first, pretty much the first show that I'd ever played, like, with a band, you know. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was the first band that I ever started. And I remember, like, our, even, like, by the time we were playing our Bonnaroo, I, like, still barely knew how to plug in, like, the guitar correctly. Or, like, you know, I like, yeah. didn't know what a DI box was. I was, like, still trying to just have people do it for me, you know. Sure, but that's wild to, like, 
So this raffle, did you submit a song or something, and then they like pick no, one? No, it, it was like he just picked a name out of the hat. Yeah. Oh wow, uh, that could have went sideways for that totally. raffle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling that I, there weren't a lot of names that were submitted. You know. Okay. Yeah. And they chose you guys. You recorded this whole thing, and then they were sending it around. And what you're getting calls, and you're like, "Oh wow! Like maybe this is something I should pursue." Obviously, getting validation pretty early on. Yeah, totally. And then eventually, so by 2018, we quit our jobs. Um, and hold on one second. Um, okay, sorry about that. No worries. Um, yeah, in 2018, we actually officially tried to make this our full-time jobs. Like everybody in the band had quit their jobs, and mm-hmm. we were like, okay, let's let's just go for it. And we um, that was the end of 2018, and we ended up. Um, it was like September or something. It was like, at, we, it was after everybody's PTO was gone, you know, we like right. no longer tour with, with jobs. And so, uh, everybody quit their jobs. 2019, we ended up, we started this thing called the living room tour where we played in like 60 plus living rooms all of the year 2019, all over the country. Wow. Um, Head of the curve which, with the COVID thing. Totally. Yeah. We like, we definitely didn't anticipate that for us. It was like such a good idea because we were able to create like these intimate connections with fans. And we, we had maybe at least one fan in every city in the country, you know, like, but we didn't have, Mm -hmm. we couldn't fill rooms, you know, and we didn't want to play in empty rooms. So we could like at least get this one fan to host a, uh, a living room show and they would kind of promise us like that they would have 30 to 50 friends there. So our, our idea was to turn one fan into 50 fans at every show. And it felt like it was really working well. And, you know, we had just like this awesome kind of grassroots momentum, but yeah, yeah then we definitely didn't foresee like COVID happening. Like, right. Oh, but I mean, yeah, our touring model is like the opposite of what people want. You know? <laughs> but a lot of artists, I, I remember were kind of doing similar things once all the touring was was shut down it was like trying to play you know get your neighborhood together and i'll come for, for whatever sure. amount of money and we'll and we'll play and um definitely one line drawing is a, an artist that did that i remember and i think uh even uh g love from g love and special sauce is doing something like that toward, like towards the middle of the pandemic when it was like well oh, wow. i can't tour yeah. the big band it was like let's i'll just see if Somebody wants to, you know, offer so up their, crazy. you know, backyard and, and I'll come and play. <laughs> so what we and we actually ended up taking the whole year. Off. Like we didn't even we might have done like one or two online shows. But what we ended up doing is we another perk of being from a small town is we have a MLB like minor league baseball team here. Oh, yeah. We, you have uh, we, the um, Mud Hens. Toledo yes. Mud Hens. Yeah, yeah. Toledo Mud Hens. Yeah, so there, to what, this day, double A, I think, or single? I think it might be. I, I'm on, I'm I'm unclear about what the A's mean, but all I know is that they're like one step below the Detroit Tigers. So I think. Oh like yeah, 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 team. yeah. It's, yeah, okay. That's what we have in Nashville. We have the Sounds, who are one yeah, step exactly. below the. Yeah, I thought I knew they recognized the the, the name because the clip. I don't know if they play 
here, but they play like the Clippers who are Columbus as the yeah, the totally. Yeah, yeah, there's like another one in uh, Louisville too, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, like, there is. They're all kind of in the same league. Yeah, but, triple A. Um, but yeah, we were ended we ended up partnering with those guys in 2020, like pre-vaccine. It was September 2020, and we threw the first socially distant concert in Northwest Ohio. And to this day, we're the only band that's ever performed in uh, the fifth third uh, field, the Mudhunt Stadium. Oh wow! Because there was like some sort of design flaw where they can't actually like fit a semi truck into the into the back outfield, and so they can't technically do large concerts there. So there was never a reason to do a show there with like a large enough band. Yeah, and because we were able to um, drive our you know cars in or yeah Toyota SUV and do it because you guys pretty I'm sure don't you don't bring a whole lot of gear. With totally. The, at least the style of music. For sure. But yeah, we ended up selling a thousand tickets and we drew like pods yeah. on the, in the outfield, like a bunch of uh, spray painted squares and people were able to buy in tickets of 10. And so they oh, all wow. sit together. You kind of sit in their, their little pods. pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, and we were able to like put ourselves on the Megatron because people were like so far away. Um, That's but, awesome. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. It was a very fun experience. So. That's amazing. I know you guys have obviously, you know, getting offers for that first you know, live really album and then playing Bonner and stuff. You have a lot of a lot of fans on Spotify and a ton of streams. Was that something that kind of came along with just the shows you guys were doing? Or do you remember how that kind of picked up? You know, I think that was like a, a result of just putting out the music. I know when we put out our first single ever, it was... Uh, Caesar knows we ended up getting like a a lot of really good playlist placements and this was kind of before Spotify algorithm was really like a a big thing it was like it it was still a thing it was just starting but it was a playlist for everything you know now Spotify is all about the algorithm it's like playlists really they matter but like if your song gets sucked up in the algorithm and starts being played in everybody's radio that's like the best thing you want you know right right but when we first started we like were able to our song landed on like a couple really big spotify playlists um with a few million followers on it yeah and yeah that song got like a hundred thousand um plays in like the first month which was like really big for us and oh yeah and now i think it's got that just 10 million or close to it <laughs> totally yeah so it's it's definitely been like a theme um, you know, our big thing was like, how can we do both? I know a lot of folks um, can just focus on one or the other, but we really are. We really wanted to be like a a real band, like an in real yeah. life band. And you know, how do we create like real moments with our fans that um, that aren't just digital, especially in like such a digital age that we have now? It's not mm-hmm. not the most efficient. You know, it'd be way easier to just go viral on TikTok. But um, yeah, but even then, it's like you have a song that uh, I've interviewed a ton of artists that have broke on tiktok but maybe they've never played a show or like how many tickets could they sell in you know cleveland probably you know what i mean like they they might just be known for that one song or like oh i know that song but they don't know who sings it or cares or you know it's just like a something like a tiktok sound or something on their own playlist or whatever i mean the way you guys are doing it is is the way I mean, I would if I was in a band, I would I would want yeah. to have the fans and uh, I mean, but you still have a ton of streams, but it's just like one of those 
things where it's like, do you want the social media million followers and uh, streams on three songs? Or do you want to be able to go around the whole country, sell For tickets sure. and then put a record out and still get millions of streams on it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, our hope is that like, just how can we bring it all together? Uh, yeah. Honestly, this year was like the first year of, of our career that it felt like, like the shows, the touring, the music, everything was like working together. It felt like mm-hmm. everything was moving all in one cohesive piece. In the past, you know, it's probably just a, a growing pain, but it's like you're like trying to like make shows happen, you know, like living room, like creating your own opportunities. And you got streams, but no one knows who you are, who they're listening to. Like they might be listening to music, but they aren't, they're not following you. But this year we were able to tour with a, a couple of really great bands. We played like 40 shows between uh january and mar in may we wow. played with this awesome band called houndmouth they're like a oh yeah band. i, I know those dudes uh, yeah and uh and then another band they're actually a big uh tiktok band called five, the 502s and we ended up um playing about 40 shows with both those bands and all the while we were able to like release music while on the road which has never really happened before uh-huh. um but just kind of making it all work is it's really tough like oh yeah in tandem you know yeah definitely Oh, that's exciting though. I mean, to get those tours and you have an album, the album, was this written like during that COVID quarantine time or like kind of tell me like, obviously you were able to do the one show at the stadium, but like when everything shuts down, I mean, you had momentum, you're doing these cool uh, living room shows and then totally slows down or stops. So we actually got this another kind of little serendipity moment. We were playing a living room show in 2019 in columbus ohio and there was this um really cool producer that we met through the show um his name is jakir king and he had done like some amazing records that we love you know like, i know uh, the name i think yeah, yeah he, he, he did a bunch of the uh, yeah he did modest mouse the kings of leon the monsters and men tom waits like all these amazing wow. records that, you know we we're like huge fans of and, uh through that show we were able to link up with him down in nashville and he was like um, we visited his studio and he was really keen on recording an album with us. And we were like, at this point we had no management, we had no label and we had no booking agent. We were just like, it was like 2020 had happened and our, yeah. you know, we just like, we're kind of clean slated and we ended up making just like a private, you know, we didn't go through a record label or anything. We just like hit him up and we're like, Hey, we want to record this record. Um, we're going to do a Kickstarter to raise funds for it. And we ended up, um recording at his house in like a pretty small group it was just us and him and one engineer in the middle of 2020 and we kind of went down there for three different weeks and recorded the whole record um, wow at his place yeah it was really cool um with, and then, with the, sorry i was gonna ask you real quick with the kickstarter were you so you were able to what, raise enough money via kickstarter to do that That's we, so cool. we raised about half and then the other half we fronted ourselves yeah. just because we had saved a bunch from all the living room shows. Um, but to get like the support like of the fans, that's amazing. Totally. And it really helped. Um, it, I mean, just having the record, then we were able to pitch it to record labels and, um, and we were, you know, we were able to kind of create a team uh, around the, the album. And that's why it hasn't come out yet. Um, we've uh, kind of just been going slow and trying to do everything right um yeah you kind of get the have to get the logistics and the yeah once you get the label involved it's like there's probably a whole new process of 
For how sure. and when to put cer- certain songs out. Totally. Yeah, we're not like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm pretty good at the internet, but I'm not adept enough to like, you know, release stuff on my own. Trust that I'm doing it right. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so uh with with the album was it pretty i mean did you have the songs ready like when you went in to work with them and everything yeah yeah we we pretty much had all the all the songs ready to rock and um you know we went through them with them and kind of discussed parts and minor changes but um for the most part it was all the songs were ready to go and it's just kind of the magic of the studio that that did the rest you know mm-hmm. so just was doing this record production. any yeah, I mean, doing it in the way you did, I'm sure it was different than the previous stuff or the yeah. Which we, we tried to kind of keep that like live feel to it. So actually, all the bass layers of all the songs were um, tracked live, performed live. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then and then we just like would do it a bunch of times until we found the take that we really liked, and then we would kind of build off that take, and eventually that live track on the bottom would more or less. Be, get a little like buried by all the um overlays but um that way it didn't feel like it was too rigid so that's awesome man uh well i was just looking so is now i'm curious is north was the ep you put out in 2022 northern lights was that yeah so no, i'm confused because i thought I, I i had an advanced listen but now i hadn't gone to spotify yet and now i'm, yeah, looking, so, I'm like hey a lot of these songs that i have on here totally <laughs> well that's the beauty of also really releasing the record is because in the day and age where singles are kind of king um uh-huh. our label is very adamant about us like releasing everything all of our songs kind of, yeah yeah that makes singles. sense 100 and but we're also really old school and we're like well we really want to release a record you know what i mean mm-hmm. um which makes no sense in their mind they're like there's no point anymore but we're like oh we that's just like how we are you know we grew up like listening to vinyl, with albums vinyl, yeah yeah and yeah. so and there's something about wanted, listening to it all the way through and like instead of just like these little snippets of of totally you know songs yeah so we actually released 80 percent of this record um through singles and then half of which was like an ep and instead of doing two eps we're just going to drop the record as a whole um but the cool thing is that through that process people miss songs and they you know mm-hmm. they might only have heard like a few of the vocal singles and so by re-releasing the songs through the record it could kind of like bring more attention and light onto the record as a whole you know yeah so maybe i haven't heard the whole album maybe i have something different yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. i had the album but i'm like oh wait maybe not but i the songs are killer and that's funny that i went over there and i'm like oh I've I've yeah, seen so. heard a lot of these. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, 100%. Um so like as far as the songs that you haven't put out that are on the album like um actually just going back to the before, you know we'll move on a little bit here but I'm just curious uh when it comes to this recording process the, is this the only other batch of songs that you've done since that first live set? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. There's uh there was one EP and it's actually one of our most popular releases. It's called oh, the, the one with dandelions on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that done live as well or was that done differently? So that was done differently. That was like kind of our, our attempt at like trying to like make an album the way that we thought an album was made. And okay. so we like rent, we actually rented a church up in Michigan. Uh, it's like an old record recording oh, studio wow. church thing. 
and it's seldomly used. It's like this really interesting space. And we um, brought the guy who recorded um, our first record up with us because we were like, oh, let's like, keep him on. You know, yeah, worked the first time. <laughs> yeah, but we just like did a lot more experimentation. You know, we like used a lot, way more mics and and still tried to get that live feel. But we really wanted that roominess of the church. And, you know, we kind of created like a, a really big sound within, you know, um, this like kind of intimate live feel, you know, it still has like a DIY feel to it because we were kind of just shooting from the hip, but, um, but we added a lot more instruments, you know, because the first record was just a guitar, a shaker and a tambourine and a bunch of vocals. So mm-hmm. this really, you know, we had, we could only go, um, you know, like it was so simple that the bass layer was, you know, we could have, gone any direction you know so we ended up adding some electric guitar and some piano and some bass which was totally unheard of for us you know mm-hmm. um it felt like a huge jump but you know in retrospect we're glad we did it just because you know you have to keep growing your sound so awesome awesome well thank you so much mike for doing this man i know you got a busy uh, couple yeah, of days of coming up um yeah doing some shows and have you guys played alaska before no is that for oh. have yeah, you been up there it looks beautiful. I've never been. I've only, I flew into Anchorage once, but I, I left real quick. I was there for like less than 24 hours. So this would be like my first actual trip to Alaska. Yeah, really exciting. That's so. awesome. And you're doing Austin City Limits, which is huge as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's killer, yeah. man. It'll be a fun year. Well, fun thank summer. you again for, for doing this. One more question for you before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. I mean, I think the, a piece of advice that worked for us was, you know, don't just like do what everybody else is doing. You know, if it doesn't feel like the bar is the right fit for your, your music live, don't play in a bar, you know, just like invite some friends over to a house and, and play a DIY living room show until the music hits, you know? Um, yeah. I think that's like the biggest thing that we've focused for ourselves is how can we try to, do what seems most effective, not just like what the normal grain is, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah.